Welcome to PNR Show Season 5, Episode 6, Oscar Game Results. I'd rather have luck than life. I'll take a strong stout over strife. I'd prefer to confer with a half pint of ale than live a long life till my private parts fail. For life without liquor is to no avail, so bring me luck for life. That's right! Welcome to episode six, as Keith says. Uh, yeah, this is the Pint of No Return show, episode six. Six. Six for the Linux. One of your three hosts. My name is Rob. Joining me is Gary and Keith. And this is the Pint of No Return show. This is what you've come to the internet for. This is why the internet was invented. Yeah, I mean, you've you've scanned Google and maybe did a little shopping on Amazon and bought an app or two on uh, iTunes. But what you've really come for is the PNR show. So totally. we're under no illusions. Uh, this is a podcast about beer and uh, chatting around, shooting bull, knocking the knocking the internet on its ass. So uh, what we've got for you tonight is Explicit a tag. that's right. <laughs> we need a we need a sound effect of like a like a stamp like boom. like a can crushing yeah uh, uh, so uh, what we're gonna do this evening is we're gonna recap our Oscar oh that's pretty good bad we're gonna recap our Oscars picks uh, we're gonna talk about the passing of a uh, scientific legend and we're gonna do some picks for the week so we're gonna kind of be all over the board first of all. Um, we want to thank the Poxy Boggards and the use of their theme music. Uh, they are a uh, Renaissance-type group out of California with a little bit of an edge to them. You can find them at poxyboggards.com, uh, our website, pnrshow.com, and our email address, pnrshow at gmail.com. We can be reached on the Twitters. Gary's at always breaking because he is always breaking news. Keith at WolfmanK. I am at RebRob. R-E-B-R-O-B. We have a Slack room where we chat all the live long day. Just ask us for an invite at any one of those places and we will get you in. You can chat with us, the hosts, all day long if you like. 24-7. That's right. Well, I mean, I'm, <laughs> it's actually more like 8-5, really. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. It's, sort it's, of. A, it's occasionally very quiet over overnight. We haven't done our information in a, in a while, so I thought I'd give that out. Uh, I don't suppose we have any feedback for the week, do we? If uh, we had podcasts on a regular basis, we might. Yeah, yeah exactly. So uh, before we get into the topics for this evening, I'd like to introduce the beer that we're going to be sampling all this episode long. We're going back to the folks at Hen House Brewery. Uh, Hen House, sorry, Hen House Brewing Company out of Sonoma County, California, for their saison, which it's an ale with black pepper and coriander. This is a beer that comes to us from Gary. So, Gary, why don't you tell us a little bit about this lovely brew? It's a um, ale with black pepper and coriander. <laughs> that much I got. Okay. Uh, no, this is um, Saison is one of Henhouse's like original beers. They started brewing it, so it's been around for quite a while, um, and I think that it's relatively unchanged. So, uh, kind of a traditional French farmhouse Saison style beer. Uh, they do put a little bit of Cascade hops in it, and they use uh, German Pilsner malts, so give it a dry taste. So this is. Um, from my recollection, not a hoppy beer like the one that we had last time. Right. Um, I, I actually picked this one special for Rob. Thanks, buddy. Although I do get the a little hint of the hops jumping off of it. Um, yeah, it, there's, there's the, some. The appearance of the beer is very much like a Pilsner, with that thin little head on the top yeah. and the light yellowish color. Um, yep. and it I'm, smells sipping, smells like I'm sipping this this evening out of my Southern Star Brewery 10-year anniversary glass. I was there over the weekend to help them celebrate. So. That's awesome. All right. All right you guys ready? Let's yep. drink some beer. Prost. Mm, that's yummy. Mm. Oh, 
That was real good. That yeah. is good. It's even with the uh, the black pepper and a little bit of spiciness you get. That is a really good um, lawnmower beer. It's a very good beer. Warm day. Uh, there's quenching dry. It's definitely got a dry mouthfeel to it. Um, yeah, I tell you what, I'm generally not a, a big fan of coriander beers. I mean, I do like Blue Moon as long as you put the slice of orange on it. But um, this is quite delicious. Yeah, I think the black pepper makes it. It makes it uh, taste a little different than the other ones out there. But it's uh, it's good. It's Maybe it's so. Without you know too many hops doing the same thing, so it's a nice yeah. alternative to a hoppy beer. Got the nice yeah. lacing on the head. And out here in Sonoma County, where we have Russian River and Hen House and um, Lagunitas, um, brewing the saison is a kind of a different style. There's not a lot of those going around, and, and they brew this one as a regular like year-round beer. So um, it's nice to have something to balance out your palate and not have to have a hot bomb every day. So right. This is a really good alternative. Like I said, I'm pretty sure it's one of the original two or three that they started brewing before they even got into IPAs. They were brewing this saison. So excellent. Yep. Well, we're going to continue to sip on this beer throughout the episode and we will give you a rating at the end. Um, but we want to get back to our Oscars draft that we had two weeks ago uh we unfortunately could not have a show last week uh but thankfully we wrote everything down i've tabulated the scores um i understand that uh gary has some complaints so we'll get to that <laughs> um and I, I mean i don't know how you want me to recap these i can just go up from the bottom and give you who won each category or i can take it from third place to first place and tell you what categories they won. How would you like it done? It, you know, it's always going to work out so Rob wins, so it doesn't really matter what, how you do it. Awesome. So we'll start with third place. Uh, Keith was our third place winner. He got four correct. The four that he got was original song, which I was shocked, by the way, that was a crime and a travesty that This Is Me from Greatest Showman did not win. I just can't believe it. But Keith, you walked away with that win, and that was the third pick of that category, so nice job. Uh, you also won, Keith, for production design for The Shape of Water. Very good, and well-deserved Oscar, I might add. Now, and you had first pick on that one, so I think both of us, Gary and I, although Gary picked Blade Runner 2049, I think that's the one you wanted, um, but I would have gone with Shape of Water too. Uh, you also won in Best Live Action Short Film, Keith, for The Silent Child. Ooh. Nice job. And your last win was for Animated Feature. You won for Coco. So yep. Coco gets you half of your awards. Yep. Suck it, fourth place. It's That's very, right. Very, very good. All I can right, say and, Jeremy, Jeremy got fourth place since he, he, he won yeah. that category. Jeremy got zero. You know what? The, the good news is Jeremy got exactly as many wins as you would have had had you been on the show. Jeremy <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Byrne. Uh, oh. Keith had four. Gary uh, came in second with five wins. Uh, so just one ahead of Keith, he got the uh, pick for visual effects for Blade Runner. He had that first pick in that category. Uh, he won for makeup and hair for Darkest Hour, and that was his second. That was, he was the second pick for that, and that's a good choice. Uh, Gary won for sound mixing. Dunkirk, uh, great choice. He picked that first. Uh, he also won for best foreign language film. For a fantastic woman, Keith, or sorry, Gary knows a fantastic woman when he sees one. Uh, let's see. And the last one he got was for uh, Get Out, original screenplay, Jordan Peele. And that he picked that one second. Interesting. And I'm just scanning through, just making sure. Yep, that's the last one. 
Now, for the ones, uh, there were some categories. Obviously, I came in first. I'll do mine in a second. But there were some categories where we, uh, none of us got the right answer. So let me give those real quick. Sound editing was Dunkirk. None of us got that. Um, best documentary short subject. Heaven is a traffic jam on the 405. Who cares? Uh, best documentary feature. Icarus. Who cares? Um, adapted screenplay. That was Call Me By Your Name. None of us picked that one. Yeah. Uh, animated short. Dear Basketball. The Kobe Bryant movie. Now, yeah, that one, that I am so freaking shocked. Yeah, I can't believe that one. Let me just say, not to get too tremendously political, but in the year of Me Too and the woman's movement, the fact that a Kobe Bryant movie won an Oscar, when half of your Oscar voting public are female, that is just crazy. Are half of the Oscar... Well, the Academy wouldn't... Yeah, the Academy is half women. Is it? Really? Is it? In fact, the president of the Academy is, is a woman. Um, did now does the entire academy vote for every category, or do only the winners in that category vote? No, they vote for every category. They do okay, or they're able to vote for it, they don't have to cast a vote. Like, if they haven't seen a film, they may not vote in that category. Yeah, I thought that was a terrible pick for animated short because that, that it wasn't that good. It's just, yeah. it just it was it was not that it's a crazy, crazy pick. Um, okay, uh, the next one that none of us got was Best Supporting Actor, Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards. Um, he's a great, fantastic actor. Uh, none of us picked him, um, but that was that was great. That was well-deserved. Okay, so uh, now we're coming up to our winner here. Gary, uh, Keith had four, Gary had five, and I uh, had nine picks. Thank you very much. That's right. I won for costume design, Phantom Thread. Uh, that was my, I had first pick on that one. I won for original score, The Shape of Water. I had first pick on that one. Uh, I won in film editing for Dunkirk. That was the third picky. I won in cinematography, Blade Runner 2049. I had that as my, as the first pick. Uh, I won for Best Director, Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water, and I picked second in that category. Supporting Actress, I got Allison Janney for I, Tanya. That was the first pick. Uh, lead Actress, Frances McDormand, Three Billboards. That was the second pick. Lead Actor, Gary Oldman for Dark Sarah. That was the first pick. And I got Best Picture, The Shape of Water, for a third pick. So out of the top Six, the top categories, director, director, and all the actors, I got five out of six. Thank you very much. So, so now, now I wish, now I set that all up for you. I set that up for you, Gary. I really pumped myself up. So now you can lodge your complaint. Go ahead. Um, it was set up for you to win. You, so? you, you, you chose the order. You chose how we were going to do it. Oh and, goodness. of course, it played into your favor. So... Congratulations. But I'm not a sore loser. <laughs> How did... <laughs> that's all you got? That's it, yeah. I, no, I mean, it, you, you saw a lot of the movies. They were good picks. So, I mean, how many... How many of your picks that you got were your when you you were the first person choosing? So you were. Um, let's see here. I think it was three. Only three? I think either three or four. Let me see. One, two, uh, three. Everybody loves counting on a podcast. Four, five. Yeah. Five out of nine. Were your were you you chose first? Well, I had the first pick. Yeah. And you and you won the category. Yep. So so okay. See so so it played to your advantage uh, choosing first. Sure. Let's see. Uh, on the other hand, Keith had one, two. Two of, out of his four wins were for him picking first. You were one, two, three, three out of your five. So when you had the first picking pick. first, it does make a big difference. Can yeah. yeah. Um. I uh, 
Any any thoughts on the Oscars themselves? If anybody watched them, did I you did. tally up the um the other stuff that we did the um the prop bets? The prop bets, yeah, that was an interesting one. Um, the color of the red carpet. Uh, both you and uh, Keith had that right with red. Uh, I had that wrong. Shocker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the color of the dress for the best actress. None of us got that right. Francis McDormand wore kind of a tan, sparkly dress. Uh, Keith said black, sparkly. Gary said blue. I said black. Um, the opening monologue will include how many Trump jokes. Uh, Keith and I said it was going to be one long Trump joke. We were wrong with that. They heated a lot of Me Too jokes there were some trump jokes in there um i think gary probably was closest with three to five I, moonlight okay go ahead i was gonna say i actually thought the opening monologue was was pretty good and i they they joked more about the screw up at the oscars last year than they did about anything political yeah that was the next one how many times the moonlight snafu would be mentioned in the show he said one to two that was clearly not right you said three to five. It was actually more than that. It was. It yeah. was a lot. Uh, I will say, though, I was a big I, – I thought it was really cool that they had Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway come out to give the Best Picture Award again. They, of course, were the two that came out last year to give the award, and they were you know, part of the big screw-up. So I thought that was kind of cool that they did that and let them – Yeah, that was – that was... The actor-actress that gave the longest acceptance speech. I did not time these. Um, but Gary, both Gary and I said Francis McDormand, and I think she was, I think she was either close to the top or at the top. Um, she was up there when she had all the women stand up and all that. Keith said Timothy was going to win, so he did obviously give an acceptance speech. Uh, will anyone cry? I didn't see anybody cry. I cried. You cried the, you cried the whole ceremony. Uh, the first foreign country to receive an Oscar. Uh, I said Chile. Uh, Gary, I think, said Lebanon. And Keith said Hungary. I might have those backwards. No, I said Hungary. Yeah. Yeah, because he was hungry. It was, was hungry. it was Chile. How many minutes will the show go over? I said it was going to be on time. Gary said three to five minutes over. Keith said 22 minutes over. It actually was on time. Yeah, it was. It was. They were... They were Pretty strict. I thought the the running joke about the jet ski was funny at first, but then kind of got old. Kind of got old quickly. Yeah. I yeah. I'm sorry. The last one. The oh yeah. Awesome. Predicted a power outage. There was no power outage. Uh, Gary predicted a wardrobe malfunction, and there weren't any. Uh, and I said that the bleep button would be used a, a dozen times or more, and that did not happen either. So none of those came true. So. Um, it was interesting because the Oscar show, um, ratings-wise and viewership-wise, uh, did really bad. Way, way down, yeah, way down. Yeah, and I actually thought it was a pretty good Oscar show. It was kind of more subdued than previous shows. They they made a point of saying it was a little more sedate. Yeah, you know that's okay. Um, I see. You know, I, I watched it for the most part. I kind of ch started checking out at the end when I knew I wasn't going to win the competition. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I was I. I think I was drinking a, a pretty strong beer and got, yeah, you know, yeah. other things became you more. You got to play the Oscar drinking game. I did. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I thought it was a good show. I thought that uh, Jimmy Kimmel did a good job. I mean, there were, there were, there were some political stuff jokes, yeah. um, but uh, he, he really did make, you know, um, joke and make some pretty, what I thought were bold and yeah. brave, brave jokes about right. the movie industry itself. And like how right. you know the issues with Me Too and other things, and mm -hmm. Harvey Weinstein, man, they they really went. They went after him. Uh, they were not yeah hard. Yeah, so I you know I thought Jimmy Kimmel to even attempt those kinds of things and to just do it and uh, kind of you know he didn't hold any punches. He he, he let it all go. Well, let's face it. I mean, hosting an award show is really a thankless well, job. It it They're is always and... hammered. And the interesting thing about Kimmel, though, was he cut his teeth on a show called oh, The exactly. Man Show. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, yeah. That featured, you know, girls on jumping on trampolines. Exactly. So he at was really of, at the end possibly, of show. The, possibly yeah. the most appropriate person to lecture Hollywood. Yeah. You mean by appropriate, you mean inappropriate? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I mean, Which the only in and of itself makes it appropriate. The only people I can remember in recent memory to actually get good reviews for hosting award shows like the Oscars or the Golden Globes or People's Choice or whatever, um, Ricky Gervais usually gets really good reviews because he just does not hold back against Hollywood. He goes after them, which they hate, but the public loves. He gets high ratings because they want to see what he's going to say. And I think uh, when Tina Fey and Amy Poehler hosted the gold, host of the uh, Golden Globes, they they usually do very well together. So, yeah. But otherwise, it's a pretty thankless job. Yes, I I, I thought he, I thought he did a decent job. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So that's the Oscar recap. We'll see you again next year. All right, so uh, from that, we're going to transition into a little um, a little, a little more somber uh, topic. Uh, as many of you, I'm sure, are aware, uh, yesterday, actually, it was uh, today, because it's London time, um, we lost Stephen Hawking. And I would like to say up front how, how uh, appropriate or strange is it that we lost Stephen Hawking on Pi Day on 3.14. Very strange. So Stephen Hawking is the guy everybody knows is in the wheelchair that talks with the box and the funny voice. But what uh, a lot of people forget is that he is a world-class astrophysicist, mathematician, uh, contributed a lot of theories to the origin of the universe, um, theories on space travel, um, all different kinds of things. And yeah. uh, probably is one of the more well-known theoretical minds since Albert Einstein. Certainly in the last 50 years of the 20th century and 21st century, he's probably the, more, the, most, the foremost scientific theorist that's out there. So yeah, set you guys up. So tell me your thoughts about the passing of Stephen Hawking. You know, I, he he got popularized with his brief history of time, right? That was his his in the eighties, uh, yeah, yeah, his big book. But um, yeah, I mean, it, when when history looks back on famous scientists and physicists, and um, he's going to be in the the probably you know top five, if not top two or three, on that list. Um, and a lot of the stuff that he did, it, it's going to be decades or maybe longer before he really prove a lot of theories and to see how right he was but um uh, you know by all accounts and everything he's done he you know, probably is right and accurate on it but he's laid the groundwork for so much future work that it's it's impressive that a man with the obstacles that he had was able to take his brain and use it in a way that ha is ultimately going to benefit uh, our whole entire race for, for many, many, many decades or centuries to come. So, um, it, you know, he's a, he was a, he was a brave man in a lot of ways. And, um, most people will not understand the impact of his work. I don't even fully understand the impact of his work, mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, but I think he is one of the people that it is going to have a long and lasting impression on human history. Yeah, they, uh, by the way, for it, and I'll let Keith, uh, I, I want you to be able to expound, but I think one of the big things about Stephen Hawking, other than, of course, his contributions to science, everyone knows him as being confined to a wheelchair uh, and basically being a quadriplegic. Um, not even a quadriplegic, he's just totally infirm um, because he had ALS, which a lot of people know as Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, and when the doctors, when he was initially diagnosed, uh, the doctors said he probably wouldn't live longer than six months, maybe two or three years. He lived uh, nearly 45 years past his diagnosis and died at the age of 76. So that alone is remarkable. Um, yeah. The fact that he was able to do the work that he did, um, basically not being able to move or communicate uh, verbally with anyone uh, is just incredible. So Keith, what do you think? I was going to say just that. That, oh wow! Hey. That he uh, he really wasn't expected to live, you know, past his forties or even that far, um, and uh, the fact that he did was just, you know, a, a really a testament to his, you know, force of will that he left, that he, you know, that he was on the world, and his, you know, talk about leaving a mark on society on on the world, 
uh, I don't think anybody could have left a, a better, more positive one than you know the guy who couldn't move. So mm-hmm. I, it's just it's just striking to look at, and uh, he's a he's a mind that will be missed for a long time to come. Yeah, uh, one of the other things too I thought was interesting about him is that. You know, he's obviously had big theories on the origin of the universe. As I mentioned before, the Big Bang Theory was one of his big uh, initiatives that he promoted. But uh, he wasn't afraid as a scientist also to come out and say, after these big theories and books that sold millions of copies, to say, you know what, I got that part wrong. He, he was able to identify science for what it is. Science is not, here are the facts. These are the facts and there are that's it. It's absolute science. He recognized as a progressive or an evolving art form, not art form, but an evolving practice that science theories, theorems, all those kinds of things change over time. As you learn new things, as you build new machines to evaluate stuff, he wasn't afraid to come back and say, I got this part wrong. Here's what it actually is. I think maybe I'll be wrong in the future. So I I admire that in a scientist that he's able to do that. Yeah, uh, amazing man. I have that put somewhere around here. I need to break it. Theory up. of everything. Yeah, no, no, no. The history of time. I mean, history I, of time. Every, yeah, Sorry, history of time. I always associate the history of time and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy together for some reason. Maybe because they, maybe because <laughs> they came out on the same mashup. Yeah, maybe because they're they're kind of in the same era. Um, I think Just it's because see. Douglas Adams and Stephen Hawking were secretly best friends. Were they? Mm, it's a secret. We don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't know. But you know what I mean? I mean, uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, yes, very funny, hysterical, satirical work. But there were a lot of things in there that Adams posited that are like, hmm, you know what, that kind of – that makes a little bit of sense there. And, and, you know, maybe he was influenced by Hawking. I don't know. So. Science in some way. So that's one of those things where you're like, you're sad that he passed away, but you're grateful for his contributions. Um, 76 is a tremendously uh, impressive age to live to, given his condition. So, yeah. His contributions come close to the kind of no return show but that's right i think i think we're just a slight notch above him still speaking of the pine of no return show has not done any picks recently no. so let's talk about some picks some stop clicking not me blame somebody else i don't know maybe it's my mic <laughs> no, i think it's rob i think actually rob no it's on not it. me i'm just sitting here with my hands like folded th- well your 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 mic is very echoey tonight so i think you're actually on your computer mic and not on your headset oh no so, uh, at this point, I'm not sure I'd risk changing anything, but I think I late. think we're picking up something from your room. It may be your foot tapping. No, you're, you were absolutely right. It was on my uh, laptop mic. So, I've switched it. There you go. There that sounds go. better. Thank yeah. you. I'm still not doing the clicking, though, because I'm hearing that from somebody else. Wow, that's funny. Like this? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay. That might have right. been me. I never, yeah. I never, you've noticed in chat, I just, I never said who, because I couldn't tell. I just said, stop. I, you know, let me just say, Keith, I appreciate you not just summarily blaming me right off the bat. Because historically, that has not always happened. It's, I, you see, I Rob, appreciate you have, you, that. You have to understand that even if Gary was doing it, it was your fault. That's yeah. true. I understand. So. I understand. <laughs> All right. So our half pint segments, we've got picks for you this week, which we haven't given you in a while. These are things that we think you should take a look at. Movies, TV shows, apps, uh, internet, websites, music, anything that catches our fancy, we like to bring to you in our half pint segment. So Gary is up first. Gary, what is your pick for the week? Uh, my pick is something that Rob mentioned quite a bit last week. Or last, not last week. What was it last two week? A few actually. episodes ago, yeah. Yeah. Um, when we were doing the Oscar picks, he kept me. Uh, that's not me clicking. That's somebody else. Um, was <laughs> movie is is Movie Pass. Um, this is a service that the my wife and I and actually my oldest daughter uh, signed up for, where you pay ten dollars a month, about, and um, you can go see a movie a day, and you only pay the ten dollars a month. So. If you like to go to the movies, you can see a lot of movies. I have had it for 
just over a month and I've seen like seven movies. So I'm, 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 it's played to my advantage. I'm definitely, I'm not making money on it, but it's, it's been worth the investment for me because I would just, you know, I was averaging at least 12 movies a year anyway. So if you can average 12 movies a year, it's a great service. So, um, if you haven't heard of it and it's pretty straightforward, you get, um, you sign up, they bill you when you start using it. So, um, you, you don't have to pay right away, but it's only 10 bucks a month. And um, you get essentially a, a debit card. Uh, I think it even like has a MasterCard or Visa logo on it. I'm not sure which. And um, you download the app. You install the app. You log in. You sign in. And when you get to the movie theater, you check into your movie. You find the movie. You say, I'm going to go see this movie. And then you go pay for the movie. And that's all you have to do. You use that card to pay for the movie. And... You right. give you a ticket and you walk in. Yep. You do have to be pretty close to the movie theater. Within to 100 yards. Yeah. So um, it doesn't work if you're trying to buy your ticket like weeks in advance, like uh, Infinity Wars coming out. You can here only do it that day. You can only buy them that day. So if, if you're going to go to an evening show and you, you have a theater like ours where you have to pick seats, you could go to the buy the movie theater earlier, check in, buy your ticket for a show that's at you know 7 o'clock at night. You could do that. Um, or you just show up, like if it's a theater that has open seating and you just show up by your ticket and go. Right. So um, this is how I saw a lot of the Oscar stuff was was with MoviePass. And yeah. um, it actually worked out. We saw Black Panther on opening night because we drove up to a theater that was showing it and it wasn't, wasn't you know, pre-buy your seat kind of theater. And uh, we got there about a half hour early, checked in and saw it. So it's been, it's been great. I was on a trip for work and had an evening with nothing to do and the theater across the street from my hotel took movie pass. So I went and saw a movie. Um, yeah. It's yeah. a great, great service. Rob, yeah. you, you love it too, right? Oh yeah. It's awesome. I mean, I, I used to go to the movies. Keith knows when we were, we were uh, living in the same town, uh, when we were a lot younger, we'd go to movies constantly. And then when you get married and you, you know, get a job and a career and all that kind of stuff or you know, like Keith, you get kids and, um, you know, movies basically just go out the window. Well, I mean, since we've started this, I think back in August, uh, we've averaged at least three or four movies a month. Um, yeah. And obviously, like like Gary was saying, if you go to one movie a month, you paid for it. It's paid, or it's paid for itself, really. Yeah. Um, now, Movie Pass has kind of been in the news this past week, where yeah. uh, Mitch Lowe, yeah. um, I guess, was. Uh, talking to at the entertainment finance forum uh he's the uh, ceo of movie pass and he basically said you know was talking about the impact of movie pass and how they're using the the data gathering technology that's part of it so i mean you know you're they're not making any money obviously off of your 995 they're getting their money off of you know what you know they're collecting data on you so Lowe said at the entertainment forum he says you know, we're we're watching how you drive home from from home to the movies. We watch where you go afterwards, and uh, we know what stores you go to, what restaurants you go to, and uh, this obviously ignited a huge furor um, yeah. uh, about you know the fact they that they basically were saying that they're tracking you and they you know have an open thing tracking you. He since backtracked that and said, look, we're only looking at that when you open the, the the app and when you check in we see you know what stuff you're near so we know what kind of ads you might be interested in things like that we're not tracking you i actually got a letter i don't know if you did gary i got yeah. a letter from the ceo this week that talked about that um, i thought that was a nice gesture and it clarified that they're yeah. they're only tracking you when you check into a movie because they have to know where you are based right. on what theater you're checking sure. into Right, but they know that anyway because you're paying with their their debit card. Right. So it it's well, they also know when you're a hundred yards away from the theater, they know that you're there. Right, but yeah. it, I mean, if if you're on iOS, there's a setting that, that for location yep. services where it's only when you're using the app. Right. So if they're tracking you when you're not using our app, they're violating Apple's terms of service, and Apple is right. going to shut them down. Right. Um, so that was the big furor so, was, was that they thought that MoviePass had lied and had and it had kind of snuck in some kind of tracking service that, that they, was. They did, but they did not. He just misunder. He just misstated he, it. He misrepresented what they're doing and was talking about things that like 
were more theoretical right of what they could do right like like maybe employees at the movie pass have an app that does all those things and they're testing those features so he was talking about like they were doing it but they're 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 not really doing and it. you know if you leave movie pass open which you can with location services you can have it always on I mean, maybe it then, probably yeah, does track what you're doing, just oh, like yeah, any sure other app that you have on your phone. Yeah. If you have but that, if you're, if you're super paranoid about it, at least on iOS, I don't know how Android works. You can just yeah, go into settings and and turn off the ability for Movie Pass to use right. location. And then when you want to check into movie, you turn it back on, check yep. in your movie, and turn it off. Yep. And yeah, that's a little bit of a hassle, but. I mean, I don't know. For the value I'm getting out of Movie Pass, thirty I, seconds. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, that, yeah, it was a big hubbub last week about Movie Pass, but right. it turned out to be um, basically a CEO that was making comments that he right. should. The long and yeah, the long and short of it is, Movie Pass is not gathering is is gathering far less data on you than Amazon or Facebook or any other service yeah. you're using is gathering about you yeah. or Google. So yeah. it's, it's all the same really. Yeah. So I got to ask Rob, when you signed up, did, did you, is it just straight nine ninety five a month for you? Yeah. Cause we've had other people that we know that signed up and they had to do like a $20 a year activation fee and it's seven ninety nine a month. It ends up being the math ends up being the same. Yeah. But I it think was like, they were, they were I, like playing with the model of how they're charging subscriptions. Yeah, I believe we got in on it right as it was really hitting the fan. Like they, we got an, a letter from them when we applied because it took a long time for us to get our cards, oh, and that was because they had once it once it got word got around and everyone was talking about it, they had a twenty three hundred percent increase in membership yeah, subscriptions, and there were only like six or seven people actually working at movie pass processing all of these so it kind of slowed down um and then they had to they modified the pricing structure as a result um one of the things they did offer to existing members was a if you paid for the entire year up front they knocked the um monthly yeah. fee down to 6.95 which my brother-in-law and his wife took advantage of but i didn't get in on an end time so yeah a friend of ours did that too so yeah so but it's still, really I good. Yeah, very at, cool. At Ten bucks a month. It's totally. If you go Absolutely. to the movies, it's totally worth it. Absolutely. We even like um, we went out to dinner um, at a, at a restaurant across the street from the movie theater, and my daughter and her boyfriend were there with us. And um, they're like, "Yeah, we're we're gonna go see Black Panther." My wife and I are like, "We'll go get your tickets." And like, what? I'm like, they're like, yeah, we have movie pass. We're not using it today. We'll just go get your tickets. So we, while we were, you know, waiting for the check to come, we just walked across the street, got the tickets with the movie pass, and gave it to them. Yeah. So <laughs> great. So yeah. it's absolutely. You can, you're not supposed to share it, but yeah. you mean, you know. No, you're not supposed to. Uh, and you cannot. It's it's only for adults 18 and over because you do basically. It's like you're applying for a credit card. Um, so kids uh. can't have them. Um, but we've allowed our niece and nephew to use them when we're not going to the movies. It's no big deal. Um, yeah, imagine they'll, they'll probably stop that at some point, but for now it's fine. Yeah. Uh, you have to have the app on your phone and be logged into it. So yeah. uh, unless you want to give your phone to somebody or give them your password. Yeah. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's harder to share than Netflix. Movie pass is very cool. Uh, Keith, so. what is your pick for the week? Uh, my pick is Hearthstone. an old favorite, but it's, it's not Hearthstone. Although Hearthstone, still an amazing game. But don't get me started. <laughs> don't bait me into that discussion. No, uh, I'm going to go back older than Hearthstone. I'm going to go back to the mid-80s when I first discovered David Letterman. Oh. My, my pick is his new Netflix show. Oh, yeah. Uh, My Next Guest Needs No Introduction Mm -hmm. uh, by David Letterman is amazing. It's David Letterman finally doing the interview style that he wants to do, intermixed with a little location shooting and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's an hour with one guest. And first up was Barack Obama, which was fascinating. Next up was George Clooney. And I haven't seen the third one yet, but it's in my must-watch list right now. Yes, the third one was with um, the activist. Um, oh, shoot. What's her name? Uh, from I think she's from Pakistan. 
Uh, anyway, doesn't matter. It's what it is is a recommendation for you to go and watch it. If you have Netflix and you haven't seen that yet, you need to. It's just uh, short and simple. It's probably one of the best talk show style things on Netflix right now, if not yeah. anywhere. It's Malala Yousaf Yousafzai. Yousafzai. Oh yeah, my name is Malala. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So and the, yeah, the cool thing too, Keith. Um, when they, it's about an hour, a little less than an hour, and uh, they have a, he has a whole full auditorium of people, but he does, they don't know who's there. They don't know who the guest is going to be. So um, it's kind of interesting when he springs that on them and they, and they kind of, it, I think it ups the excitement a little bit that they don't yeah. know who it's going to be. Um, the one with George Clooney I thought was, was really fascinating. Yeah, I think Clooney's was really good. I think Obama's was amazing. Yeah, Obama's um, was the, good. Is the first one out, um, so I'm really excited to see where it goes. Yeah, I think it's it's a real thoughtful style interview, not so much a David Letterman comedian interview, although he can't help being himself. So that gets in there too. But he's, you know what? I will say he's, and I'm a huge Letterman fan, like you, like Keith is. I mean, I think that he revolutionized uh, the talk show in a way that even Johnny Carson didn't do like Johnny Carson was the man, but Letterman changed comedy um, from the eighties yeah. to today. I mean, comedy itself, stand-up comedy, sitcoms, a lot of that stuff is entirely different because of Letterman's comedy. Um, so he's much more relaxed now, much less uptight, much less like he was kind of venomous and a little bit biting and sarcastic uh, to a fault, I think, towards the end. But he's so relaxed now with the big, long, white beard and, you know, just kind of chilling with two chairs. By the way, his guest next month is Jay-Z. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about the show is it's obvious to me that the uh, cameras they're shooting with are on a track around behind those chairs. Because <laughs> there's just no – it's just constant panning going on. Yeah, right. uh, uh, and it's all very tasteful at first and until you yeah. realize that it's – I think I don't even think there's a cameraman on them. I think they're just automatic because they just seem to yeah. be going back and forth constantly. But so it's another. I, I'm yeah. imagining they'll get that all under control at some point. But other than it's that, a, it's, it's another example, though, right. of what what online services can do that say networks can't do. I mean, it would be really hard to sell this to, say, a CBS and NBC or even an HBO. Uh, a one-hour free-form interview format type show. It's it's really something that that it's perfectly suited for something like Netflix or Hulu or. So I, I think you're that's a great pick. Yeah, this is definitely on my my watch list. We haven't got yeah. around to it, but I definitely Very cool. watch it. Yeah, it's, uh, you need to grab grab at least the first one this week if you can. Yeah. And his, aside from being funny, he's 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 tremendously insightful with his questions. Um, he's really good at, at getting people to expose themselves. So, um, I, I, Before you do your pick, Rob, I want to say thanks to... Um, he had a pick a while back that was um, Inker uh, Bluetooth earbuds. Oh, yeah. And I, um, I, I used that pick and bought my wife a pair of those this week, and she nice. said they're great and loves them. So. Very good. Yeah, I, I just things. I beat the heck out of mine, and they're still going. I love them. Yeah. Awesome. If she doesn't lose them, she'll probably beat them up too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I've the nice thing is they're tied together, so they're harder to lose. Yeah. I almost wear them as a necklace when I'm not listening to them. I'll just yeah. wrap them around my neck and snap them in place. <laughs> Keith, yeah, the ones that Keith mentioned. Very fashion uh, forward. I am. Very similar to the the ones that I have, which are Tautronics. That's um, that's what I have. Yeah, they're twenty five dollar Bluetooth headphones. I'm on my second pair and you know i beat the crap out of them and buy a new one so it's i mean they're they're cheap and they're they're great yeah. so yeah uh okay so my pick for the week um is a gentleman by the name of james veach um you've probably seen his videos on facebook or youtube especially recently uh it's been passed around he's the guy that comes on that talks about um, how he's tortured his roommates with the ducks. Oh yeah, that home. guy. Yeah. yeah. So 
I watched it's all that. over Facebook. Yeah, yeah I, you know, basically his he's living with uh, a couple of roommates. He's in you know twenties that you know that's what you do back then. And he uh, started. They gave him his little uh, a little cubby or a, a basket to put toiletries in in the bathroom. And since he didn't have any toiletries, he put in a, a whole cubby full of rubber ducks. And that you know he kind of progresses through and has them do little processions through the bathroom and has them develop their own culture and religion and all that kind of stuff. And it's very, very funny. So that, that video was, was really awesome and I liked it. So I did looked him up on YouTube and as it turns out, um, what he's most known for is actually, uh, messing with telemarketers and messaging with um, people that send him offers through the internet, especially. He actually uh, answers, you know, the people that you've seen emails sent for, like, we need money for a Nigerian prince. Yeah, yeah. Um, he will respond to those people and have running dialogues through emails and basically in front of an audience. He's done like three or four um, TED Talks where he's talked about this. Yeah. And uh, he will go through the, he'll show all the emails, the responses and, and what he goes through. And it, aside from being very, very funny, um, he says he does have a purpose behind this. He's like, I, I do this not just to torture people, but I'm basically wasting their time, which is the worst thing you can do for these people because it's one less um, poor soul out there who might fall for it that would get suckered in by something like that. So um so give him a watch on uh, uh he has a, a channel on on uh, youtube where he goes through a lot of the other ones that he's done over the years and it's very very funny he you know he's he's british so it sounds even better in his accent so <laughs> and watch the watch the uh the rubber duck one if you can find it on youtube he actually i think that was a bit that he did on conan um very very funny yeah, the Conan videos from him are, are uh, you, if you just look in my Facebook timeline, like once every other week, you'll find something from him. <laughs> from Conan or from James Veach? No, from James Veach. Oh, yeah. Usually the same bit from Conan because somebody yeah. else is posting it. Somebody right, else right. is posting it. Someone else is posting it. Yeah. It just shows up in my timeline. <laughs> so freaking funny. I mean, yeah. I, the other thing stuff. that I, I like about him is it's just – he has a different way of looking at the world and uh, you know, the responses that he goes, he goes through like, you know, one guy wrote him about uh, I, I'm going to send you $10 million in gold, um, you know, so that you, we can move it and make some money. And he comes back with, you know, why only 10 million? I mean, if we're going to do this, let's do this. Send me all, everything you have. And he's literally engaging in a, a 50 message back and forth, email conversation about uh, getting more gold and uh, what else you have lying around. Do you have any silver or copper you can send me? And, uh, it's, that's, it's hysterical. Yeah, it's really good. James Veach, V-E-I-T-C-H. So, All right, gentlemen. So we have to give our final thoughts on the Henhouse Saison. Saison. What are your thoughts about the beer? My thoughts are I'm mad I don't have more. <laughs> I have another one. <laughs> I I could I could kill two of those easy. That was a very tasty brew. The black pepper is a is sharp um, and biting, but not overpowering. It makes a good replacement for for hops. It makes the beer crisp and clean, um, and still tastes of a, you know slightly spicy saison. It's a very good very good beer. Uh, we haven't done this in a while. What's the scale? Fifteen? What do we use? Yeah, yeah. It, goes to, it goes to eleven. Goes to eleven. Yeah. Then this would be a solid eight out of eleven for me. <laughs> okay. Solid eight art, Gary. This is your hometown uh, brew. I'm actually gonna um, echo what Keith did and, and, and give it an eight. That's I checked in on Untapped a while ago and gave it a four there. And theirs is a five point scale. So that would be an eight on our scale. Um uh, yeah, it's a great it's a great beer. Like I said, it, you know, it's it's hard to not get a hoppy beer in California these days. And um this is just it's been a solid saison that's really has a lot of complexity and a lot of flavor to it. 
um, you know, they take a, a style that's not one of my favorites and turn it into something that uh, is quite drinkable and quite enjoyable, in my opinion. Um, I'm not I'm not a huge saison farmhouse style uh, drinker, but um, that that coriander and black pepper that they add to this um, just really makes some of the flavors pop out for um, the saison style with with the malts and. Uh, what's the other stuff they're using? Whatever, whatever they use to make beer, yeast. <laughs> the saison yeast, the yeast. Yeah, um, it's, it's, there might so, be some yeast in there. Yeah, so <laughs> it's it's it, it really it's good. It's a it's a nice, um, a surprisingly refreshing drink for the kinds of flavors that it has in it. So I, I would encourage everybody to to have this beer and have it often. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll do the triple echo or the double echo. Um, this is a very nice rounded beer i said before i'm not a huge fan of i mean i i i tolerate them just fine coriander beers um but the other flavors that they have in it blend with the coriander very nicely to make a nice um well-rounded um brew it's not too hoppy although i do get the hops in there but for me it's just enough that to give it a little bit of a zip but not overpower uh, which i really like um, so I'm going to give this a nine. Wow. Yeah. I really, I really like it a lot. Uh, that's an 8.3. That's, that's actually a really high rating for our beers. I mean, yeah. we've got a lot of, a lot of eights, not, not a lot, but there's a fair number. Um, but not much that goes above that. Um, one of the Trappist beers we get, we, we, um, rounded at a 9.25 and a, a Drake's apocalypse. Oh, that was just Rob wasn't there. That's why. Yeah, that I was just saying Rob must not have been there <laughs> for the apocalypse. Yeah, but yeah, that's, that's really good for a PNR average rating <laughs> between um, you know us guys. In other words, you didn't get an accurate rating that week. No, we, really we got we got the most accurate rating. Yeah. That week. yeah. So yeah, stays on. Um, I got another can in the fridge that I'll have at some point in the very near future. So, yeah, that's that's a great beer. Yeah. It's a good one. It's nice to see some of the older styles, some of the uh, uh, more traditional beer styles still being done well yeah. by American craft brewers. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. All right. Any closing thoughts? Uh, go see some movies. Yeah. Or Letterman. Or Letterman. Letterman. Or James Beach. <laughs> All right. That'll close it out for... Uh, Episode six of season five of the Pine and No Return show, our Oscars recap in which yours truly, Rob, is the champion. Uh, two years running, by the way, that I've been the champion. He is definitely the wiener. That's right. So. I'd rather have longer than Join us next time. I'll take a strong stout Give me our California brew series. I'd to with a half pint of ale and live a long life till my private party's fail. And I'll be a that is key. Get into his brain. We're going to diagnose what's wrong with him. We're going to figure it out. We're going to make some progress. There's that clicking again. There's not enough time on the internet. 